0: Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Bryan, I'm performance director and co-founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. Now I'm delighted to be joined by uh, a young man who uh, has got a lot to say on uh, coming back from a huge setback uh, and against all odds, Uh, Alex, how are you doing my friend? I'm good, thank you, life's going well. (laughs) Excellent, Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Right, so I am 23 years old from New Zealand. Um, been riding and racing bikes since I was about 12 years old. Started um, started off on the mountain bike, and then after that, when I was 16 years old, decided to switch to road cycling due to being what I thought was too tall for mountain biking. Um, yeah, so I'm six foot four, which um, is not a very low center of gravity. Um, Yeah, and then I started started doing well on the road scene and um, managed to get a few national titles and um, managed to represent my country overseas a few times as well. And then uh, did a few seasons racing in Europe as well
0: fantastic and uh listeners you've obviously gathered by uh, by firstly an introduction but also the uh the name of this episode uh we, we are talking about obviously coming back from uh, or how to cope with a setback so alex uh, tell us a little bit about your uh your setback
1: yeah um so i mean i i actually had a couple setbacks um in 2017 um actually when i was racing in uh, italy for the national team um, I had a few problems with um, in races. I just felt like when it got down to the business end, I couldn't really push as hard as I knew my body would be able to go. Um, and then had a pretty di- disappointing uh, stint over there. And then I, um, I was originally born in England, so I went. I flew over to England um, to get the free free health service benefits over there, and um, was ended up being diagnosed with a calcium deficiency, which um, just causes quite a bit of fatigue um, and that yeah that was just hindering my racing in the end um, which was quite disappointing um, so uh, yeah most of the 2017 season kind of didn't really go to plan um, took two months off the bike kind of to recover and um, restart uh, my training as well and, uh, but in the end I think um, having that time off kind of brought a new mental freshness along with it and um I managed to um achieve a lot of my goals in the end of the twenty seventeen period in some of the New Zealand summer racing we have over here. So yeah, that was one of one of the setbacks I say I would have had recently and the other the other was after I managed to um score a contract um racing in a continental team in Italy, um under twenty three base team. Um and about I think it was early July uh, had a, quite a nasty accident on the road, um, coming down quite a fast technical descent. A few riders in front, um, managed to hit the deck and then I ended up going over the, going over the top of them and then landing, uh, kind of head slash face first at about 70k an hour, which managed to damage quite a lot of the tendons in my neck, um, which put me off, put me off the bike for quite a while, um, not being able to train even when um the injuries are kind of healed up i couldn't really ride outdoors because my neck didn't really have full movement so i wasn't really deemed safe as i wasn't able to check for um cars and traffic and stuff like that as well absolutely that
0: um it sounds painful mate <laughs> in many yeah, ways yeah, in many say, ways so, yeah. so just for the listeners let's just time this out so you you went from sort of like representing winning national titles representing your country to having a, a calcium deficiency uh and then recovering from that only to have a uh a really really nasty uh get down after getting a, a pro contract that sucks <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and it was it was a very inopportune moment as well because um, being being in an Italian team, for those that won't know, I was the only I was the only foreigner in an entire Italian team, um, which means at the start at the start of the season they're kind of reluctant to give you a bit of a, a leadership role type thing, um, but yeah, coming into that part of the season, I kind of felt that yeah I was gaining a bit of bit of trust from the guys and also the management, and I was starting to get a few more leadership roles, so. Having that uh, crash was a um, pretty bad timing for sure. And um, one thing I forgot to mention was the week before that crash, I actually got hit by a car out on the roads around Italy.
0: Oh no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it came in threes for you then. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So, listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to we're going to interrogate Alex a little bit. And uh, obviously, the the aim of this podcast is to to give you an idea of uh, how you could deal with. Uh, negative thoughts that come with a setback be that through your own injury or work or or any any kind of uh problem that stops you from from riding a bike we we're, we're uh the, the amateurs uh the non professionals that are listening uh won't be blessed to be able to ride sort of 30 hours a week and have to balance it around work and sometimes a setback can be something as simple as a promotion in some in some cases i know i've got a lot of clients who who ended up uh having to scrap a few goals because they, uh, their, their work changed or maybe they had a, a kid or something like that. And while, while it's weird to talk about a family addition or a, a promotion or a change in job as a, a setback, when we talk about cycling and, and heading towards goals, it, it kind of is, um, even if it is a little bit of a blessing and a, an overall positive in your life. So, listeners, we're going to give you those tools to to make sure that you can get back on track as quickly as possible and how to approach that mentally. Uh, so, Alex, let's uh, um, let's talk about like, obviously the big one. Next, next all mangled. You you can't ride on the road. I mean, how are you feeling after you've you've gone through all of that?
1: Um, well, I was, I was actually feeling um quite a bit homesick as you can imagine at that point. Um, having to spend a fair few hours in a remote Italian uh, hospital, um, kind of just contemplating what had happened and, um, where I was, what was going to happen next. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of things kind of running through my mind, whether, um, whether like that was it for cycling or, um, how, how my body was gonna heal up um, I had pretty much the whole left hand side of my face was kind of ripped off so I was also wor- wondering how I was gonna look after that as well <laughs> um, as you can quite imagine yeah um, so yeah there was there's was a yeah quite a lot of things going through my mind all going a million miles an hour so yeah it took it was quite a long process kind of running through um, what the options were moving forward I decided. Um, through the process that if I was to recover that um, I would stay on in Italy and kind of help help out the team in any way I could just as a thank you for um, bringing me on into the team in the first place. Um, I kind of felt like I still had a duty to do throughout the rest of the season rather than just flying home and um, taking what you would kind of call an easy way out, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the initial thoughts I had um through the whole whole deal
0: that's pretty impressive really man I mean I, I don't think anyone would have blamed you for going home I mean your career is potentially in tatters mm. there I mean you just had this massive crash I mean I, I think we can all emphasize with you when you're, you're probably sat in a hospital bed um and I presume it wasn't like it it was a, more than a couple of days was it was it quite a while
1: um yeah I had to stay uh overnight for the um with the crash um yeah. Luckily it wasn't too lengthy of a stay. Um so yeah I kind of did most of my healing back at the um the team house uh, okay. in Italy. Um just being checked over by the staff on the team and stuff like that as well.
0: Was there a language barrier at all?
1: Uh yes. Um luckily <laughs> uh in the modern age a lot of Italians do learn English through school. Um so it wasn't as hard as it might have been maybe 10 years um, prior to that. And I I studied enough um, Italian to be able to kind of understand what people were telling me. Um, not enough that I could have a confident conversation, but enough that, um, yeah, I could kind of follow directions and give simple answers back as
0: well. Fantastic! Yeah, I mean that again. Though that showing just how how strong you are as a as a person here to be able to to be in like as you say, like you were obviously homesick, but you were able to push through that, do do what you thought was right for the team, and uh, mm-hmm. and even come through like the, the the obvious other challenges of there being a language barrier. Uh, I, I mean, how long were you off the bike in total?
1: Um, I actually started. I think I started riding again. Maybe two weeks after the um, crash, uh, so I was yeah purely indoor trainer based um, due to not much mobility in my neck. Um, so I just started yeah um, started just doing easy rides, trying to build back into it. Um, we had that, we had like a little cellar in the uh, um, Italian villa that I was staying in, so had the indoor trainer set up with with Zwift um, going, and yeah, that was kind of. The only way I um, was able to get some fitness um, back as well.
0: Absolutely, and uh, so uh, I, I guess, I guess how much performance if you could quantify that? How much performance did you lose it, it, because of the the, the crash? Uh, I think
1: having two weeks off um, wasn't too bad. Like that's just, that would just be an end of season rest for a lot of cyclists. Um, of course, your your base um, fitness level is going to drop quite a bit so it takes a while to to build up base fitness you still you still do maintain quite a bit of upper end power um so uh yeah your your threshold per se wouldn't really drop as much but your overall race fitness really takes a dive as well so i mean you'd probably look at maybe around a 15 percent decrease in fitness
0: yeah it's quite a chunk isn't it when you think about it yeah it is. It's. It, I mean, if, if we if we reverse that, and for the listeners who who might not think that's as big as it sounds, imagine trying to put fifteen percent more. I mean, even if we just talk about FTP as a just to make it visual, yeah. Um, imagine trying to go out and how long it would take you to add fifteen percent onto that. I mean, for some people who have been training a while, that's that's never going to happen. So mm-hmm. it's it's quite it's quite a, a big thing to have to to train that back. And you've obviously done it. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, so so now um, I'll start with kind of how things worked out with the indoor training as I was doing, as I was doing the lonely rides in the Italian cellar. Um, luckily for me, around the same time as the accident, the, uh, the Zwift Academy was um, starting up. So that's where uh, professional under twenty-three contractors offered with the what was the Dimension Data under twenty-three team. Um, so you have under 23 riders from all around the world up and on their indoor trainers on Zwift um, doing workouts and power testing. And then um, the top 10 uh, riders are chosen to advance through the semifinals. And then the top three get to join the Dimension Data professional world tour team at their training camp. And then those three riders are kind of put through the paces and then a, fi- a final rider is chosen to win um, that contract. So I kind of spent around four weeks kind of, knocking off the, um, qualification workouts and, um, sort of, yeah, working towards that as a goal. Um, in my mind, I S I saw it as kind of like a way out, um, um, and something to think about as well. Um, so that I wouldn't really have those negative thoughts building up as I had a goal that I could kind of, um, work towards. Um, so yeah, now, from that, I managed, I finished uh, second in that competition, and now looking looking back, I'm kind of glad I didn't win. Um, just the way that life's kind of unfolded for me. Now I managed I managed to join the world's first professional Zwift racing team. So I've been doing that since the start of 2019, and um, yeah, it's been going really well for uh, me and my team, and I'm yeah enjoying that a lot at the moment.
0: Congratulations! Uh, it's really good to to hear that turnaround. Um, so, how long did it take you from let's just say from from the point at which you were sort of training a bit more frequently again to yep. to get to uh, your your pro contract with the uh, with the Zwift uh, team?
1: Um, so I think I would have been. So the crash was about early July. I Would have been back on the bike, um, proper fitness probably two months after that. So we're looking in September early September. Um the final of the Zwift Academy was mid October I believe. Um uh, I I felt like I had decent um decent fitness recovered by then. Um especially uh in like high power intervals, which is what Zwift kinda of specializes in for as a training platform. You can't it's not as easy to go out and do long miles on on Zwift on an indoor trainer, but it is in my opinion, the best way to get a good quality interval workout in. Um, So I think I managed to get the contract with uh, my Canyons with a professional team around February 2019, I believe.
0: Yes, I mean, you touched it. My next question was actually going to be – the difference between your training when you're outdoors with the italian team to your mm-hmm. training uh, on zwift you, you mentioned that it's zwift is uh more is better for uh, the in, uh, interval type training uh, are you just naturally are you doing a lot less endurance like longer rides now that you're an indoor indoor rider
1: yeah so um for starters i work i work a full-time job now as well
0: which is, it's been a
1: welcome change if I'm honest, just kind of, um, falling into the normality of kind of like a normal life really. Um, so I don't really have the time available to do the longer rides. Uh, but then again, even when I, even when I did, uh, have the availability to do those longer rides, I was kind of really, my longest ride would probably be around three hours if I was lucky. Um, Because with the racing I was doing on Zwift, the races are generally only around one hour. So you don't need that um, super high base fitness that you'd need on the road with races kind of topping out around that six hour mark. So there wasn't really any need to um, do those longer rides, which um, has also been a welcome change,
0: not being kind of fatigued (laughs) 24-7. Absolutely, and and uh, has your nutrition changed at all since uh, between the two? Um, not, not really. Initially, I guess you would eat less. Um,
1: you're not eating as much on the bike as you would in a obviously a six hour training ride, um, and you 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 don't feel you. I don't really feel as hungry as I did after I'd come back from obviously a, a really long ride. And an interesting change I made three months ago was actually. I went vegan three months ago, and I'm still still um, kind of um, persevering with that at the moment as well, which has kind of changed things up a bit for me as well.
0: Well, fantastic. That's good to hear. How have you found your recovery and everything since you've, you, you've gone vegan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did already eat quite healthily um, as a performance athlete. You know, I'd always look at getting in the right amount of proteins, carbs, and those um vitamins from your vegetables and stuff like that so i guess it probably wouldn't be as big as a big of a change as you would notice with someone who might have been not on the best kind of nutrition already and then the vegan diet kind of forces you um to get those essential nutrients in um as you don't really have any other options like um you can't have for example like a piece a cake from a dairy or a pie or something like that for example Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I mean, i felt, I found that my weight actually stays a lot more stable since I've changed, and it is kind of a little bit lower as well, while maintaining the same amount of power. I wouldn't say I've noticed a, a significant increase in like recovery or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the main difference I've kind of noticed is just that, yeah, stability and the weight um, fluctuations and kind of just a little bit lower in my body weight as well, which is very important for Zwift racing, so I'm happy with that.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And at your level, there's no weight doping, right? No, you have to, you have
1: to record yourself. The um, <laughs> video, <laughs> video record yourself weighing, weighing in and everything like that, so it's all, yeah, everyone has to be legit. Fantastic. Well, that's the way it should be though, right? Yeah, yeah. There's um, definitely been a push in the, in the last month or so um, for everyone just to be fully transparent in that
0: way. Yeah, and uh, listeners if you're interested in a a vegan diet or a vegan lifestyle or even just becoming more plant-based, we've actually got a a good few blogs on the Spokes website and uh, at least one podcast episode if you search back through our pod bean vault uh, so that's uh, uh, all available via the spokes.fit website so yeah um alex we're, we're obviously a big fan of that and it's good to it's good to hear that you were already um already sort of filling your body with the the right micronutrients that you need and you mm-hmm. you get so often from from plants so um i, I guess that we're m- moving this on so we can start to really give some uh, meaningful advice to to the listeners um yeah my one of my biggest uh as a coach one of the things i see a lot is i have uh, clients who come to me and maybe they've had a big injury they've had a crash or they've even they've had started a new job or had a, a baby and they've taken a significant amount of time off the bike in some cases mm-hmm. like uh and really starting from scratch now a lot of those people the biggest challenge as a coach is to get them to do less because all they want to do is go out and do a lot more now what did you do to make sure that you weren't rushing back uh, after your after your accident yeah you kind of just you
1: have to just focus on, on enjoying the ride instead of instead of focusing on your power numbers or doing any intervals or kind of things like that you just have to Really, just have to focus on enjoying the ride, um, not pushing your body too hard to begin with. Um, just keep positive. and I think just the positivity um, really does have a kind of a um, good benefit when it comes to your training as well. Um, I always felt like if, if when I was in a if I was in a rough patch, I would just take away any intervals, go out find some hills that i like the look of and just enjoy riding up them and looking at the scenery and that kind of that and just that mental boost really really had a big impact on my performance when it comes to race day
0: fantastic is that is that your number one tip to remaining positive just go out and ride or do you do anything else yeah i'd say for
1: sure that'd be my number one tip when it comes if you find yourself kind of uh struggling for motivation as well um Sometimes intervals and stuff like that can be really daunting. Um, if you As well, if your body's feeling quite tired as well, you just really don't feel like going out on the bike. Just plan a course, your, I don't know, your favorite hill, um, somewhere you may may have not ridden before. Um, yeah, and just go out and do that and just enjoy the ride. Normally I'd switch the power um, page off my Garmin. Don't look at that, just... Just ride at a comfortable pace, not too hard, and
0: yeah, just really just enjoy that ride. Absolutely, I was going to suggest maybe Garmin back pocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what sure I do a lot done of, that the time. couple of times as well. Yeah, is that you really like? Uh, depending on what model you've got, my, I I switch from Garmin to Wahoo, and Wahoo goes in your back pocket very well because it doesn't have a yeah. uh, touch screen. But if you put a Garmin in your back pocket, you end up hearing all these little weird noises because it yeah. seems to be changing everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I. I did think about just putting them in my back pocket, but then a ritual of mine is to eat something every 30 minutes on a ride, so I like to see when the 30 minutes is coming up. There you
0: go, yeah. So a page then uh, without any uh, sort of data which – um, you, which people could because it doesn't necessarily have to be power people could be using heart rate or speed yeah, rate, speed is yeah, another one isn't it we always want to yeah. uh, be going faster and faster so a page that just has time and, uh, or maybe set up an alarm I think you could do that on a Garmin can't you a 30 minute alarm so that you can have yeah, a drink I mean and, I probably and, could do that yeah. Didn't think <laughs> a of that drink and something <laughs> to eat <laughs> yeah, fantastic, exactly. fantastic. Uh, okay so uh, we talked to uh, obviously yes listeners as well we've got some uh, again to, to pull us back to the, The the spokes blog we've got some uh, great great um posts on uh remaining positive but Alex did you have any other uh tactics for your mentality that you used maybe maybe outside of riding um when when you're having to have a bit of downtime what did you do to make sure you weren't just going to go stir crazy um
1: I kind of just thought to myself that uh like life isn't just all about bike racing um and I know at the time as a as a young rider, especially um when you're trying to make a professional and that type of stuff, it just feels like all you have to do is ride your bike and that's the only thing that matters in life. But I kind of took the positivity and finding that like I would be okay if, if if I didn't make it as a professional cyclist. If this was like the point where kind of my career turned that, you know, it would I would be fine in any way. Anyway. Um and that definitely helped me along the road, um, just to keep my keep my mindset um, positive and yeah, just a fresh look on life, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Were you ever uh, did you did you ever sort of worry about where you were or how? how good you were or did you just focus more on like your next step in terms of like, it didn't really matter where or what happened. It was kind of, this is where you want to be. Um, and then it's the kind of the next session that, that gets you there.
1: Yeah. I think if, if you have a strong goal um, in mind, um, you, you, you're kind of taking every day at a time and not focusing um On the whole picture and how you might have to get there, Um, especially if you're coming back from an injury or um, you are in the the midst of having time off due to injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, you just kind of just take each day as it comes and focus on what you can do in that day um, to achieve what you want in life, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great advice there, mate. And um so let's uh, give the listeners some top tips uh for for anyone who's suffered a setback. Um what do you think? What'd be your number one tip to do? So let's just say if you if you had somebody um and uh, and they said to you, Hey Alex, I, I had a massive accident yesterday, I'm in hospital, uh what what's the number one thing you tell them to do?
1: Um yeah, just no matter how bad they are feeling about it that it's it's not really the end of the world you know um that sometimes good things come out of bad situations um maybe you a lot of people come back stronger after injuries um yeah you just have to I it's hard to tell yourself sometimes that it is going to be okay and that uh you can come back stronger um so I think uh, socializing with your peers is probably the best thing you can do. Like, just surround yourself with positive people. I would say would be my biggest tip. Um, don't kind of hide yourself away and kind of wallow in your negative thoughts, because um, a lot of people around you are just gonna gonna let you know that it's fine and that um, you can make it back. And yeah, then you just have to set out set out how you think the best way for yourself is to to achieve the goals that um you have while while you were coming back from that injury i guess
0: yeah that's fantastic i actually really love that advice i think it was jim roan who said that you become the average of the five people that you hang around with mm-hmm. most if you hang yep. around with negative people you become that you soak up that negativity yes, exactly, the same goes yeah. for hanging around to positive people so i i really really uh i i, I really think that you you hit the nail on the head there so yeah and and let's just we are being honest here as well it's like it doesn't matter what anyone says to you if you've woken up in a hospital bed and you've got severe injuries and you're going to be you're going to be in a bad place uh and yeah probably not going to be open to that information right now but you know what time is uh time is a great healer and you will come out of that and i've got to say alex i think it's it's really really inspirational how you've reinvented yourself and and like you say great things can come out of a bad situation Mm -hmm. so um it's uh really inspirational to have you on mate
1: no you're, you're welcome i've i've enjoyed having this uh conversation as well it's it's i do i do find it um enjoyable kind of to talk about the experience i had and um kind of shed a light on yeah what can go through your mind if you have uh setbacks like that and stuff and yeah let people know how i kind of dealt with that so if it does come to that point in time um they can kind of have a better understanding on what they might have to go through
0: absolutely absolutely i think um um you've uh you hit a very good uh a very good point there as well is that actually uh talking about your feelings it's not something that as men uh mm-hmm, we're typically yeah. very good at you know but uh uh, what what really does help is that yeah if you're if you're in a bad place and you've got a lot of worries and concerns I tell you what just uh, just talking about them is uh, a great way to to relieve that pressure and um and, and for the people who are out there who are just like cannot do that write it down you don't have to share anything with anyone write your problems down write your concerns down write um, the the worries that you've had about your setback down and just and then just you can read them to yourselves and it becomes it becomes a lot easier to to kind of navigate that those sort of challenges when uh Uh, When when they're written down, and Alex talking about challenges, we love to set our listeners a uh, a challenge. Now, listeners, as you know, if you've uh, been a regular listener of this uh, podcast, uh, you'll know that you can either take this challenge on a solo, or you can join us in our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group, um, where we do a weekly uh, uh, group community challenge uh, tied in with the podcast. So, Alex i I wrote down um that I thought a perfect challenge we could set our set mm-hmm. our listeners would be to uh consider a time uh when they suffered a setback. And uh, uh, for for those who've never suffered a setback, first of all, you're very lucky, but maybe you could consider what your worst nightmare would be. Uh, write it down uh, and then write down how you returned to full fitness, what that looked like, um, and then uh, you, you, you've you got that uh, as a reminder in case anything happens again. How does that sound, Alex?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's great. And another, another thing I guess would be great to add to that is um, kind of also write down what you think you would do differently now that you've been through that setback and um, that, yeah, kind of understanding what you do differently also um, can set you up um, if you happen to have another one
0: in the future as well fantastic i love it i love it alex so listeners yeah either i either do it on your own just get a bit of paper write it down store it in a, a safe place uh or come and post it be brave come and post this within our spokes performance training advice facebook group uh what your setback was what you did to return to full fitness and uh, what you would do differently now that you've had that experience alex it's been fantastic mate cool thank you very much And listeners, it's uh, always a pleasure to uh, hear from you. So if you've got any uh, questions, comments, suggestions on who we should have on, please do uh, either leave us a comment in... uh, Uh, in in the podcast uh, review section or send us an email. My email is pav at spokes.fit. As ever, if you've enjoyed this, please do share it with your friends uh, and leave us a little thumbs up uh, or a a review. Uh, Definitely, definitely don't forget to subscribe because we'll have Many, many more people who have uh, had some epic uh, experiences to share with us, much like Alex. Uh, Listeners, thank you very much. My name is Pat Bryan. I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes, and you have been listening to bespoke